When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. To the Welcome to episode 39 of Open the Voice Gate. I am Mike Spears. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If you get a chance, follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate or myself at my personal account at Fujiheya. That's Fujiheya with two eyes like Don Fuji. If you get a chance, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We're on nearly every podcast platform you can think of iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. If there's one out there, odds are we're a part of it. So it's been a little bit, and this episode is going to be mostly show reviews for the second half of January and the first part of February. There's been a lot of interesting stuff going on in Dragon Gate. There were the two shows in Kobe that was a part of their six-man tag tournament, and then a really good cork and one of the better corkins in recent memory. Probably up there with some of the better ones from last year as well. And then lastly, we have the farewell to Hakata Starlane show with the really, really special Open the Dreamgate match that ends Dragon Gate's career of almost 20 years or a little less that the Dragon System has been having shows at Hakata Starlane. So it's kind of bittersweet, but they sure put on a show that really closed out their time at Cost Starlands quite well. So without any more ado, let's get into the show reviews. The first night of the Kobe doubleheader was on January 26th. This was night one of the Ashinyaniki Cup tournament. Attendance was down. It was at 540. This is down from... 884 from the year end show in 2018. Since this was a double header and that was the year end show of 2018, 
I am not too concerned about the number there. Combined over the two nights, they had more attendance than the single night in 2018, so I'm not too worried about it. Overall, this was a easy watch. It was only two and a half hours when you include intermission and pre-show and also the random draw for the tournament. So, you know, if you're trying to be a completist, it's worth watching the show. There's really only two or three matches I would consider must-watch or should-watch matches. As this was on January 26th, it will stay up on the network through the 2nd, and then it should come back on February 26th. The match zero was... Kagatora versus Dragon Daya, and Kagatora got the win with the Harite slap in 3 minutes and 57 seconds. This really had nothing to it. It just was, you know, match zero. Dragon Daya can't really tell how he was because it was only four minute match, and this is him coming off of his influenza sickness, and he didn't look too great here personally. He had a couple spots that were kind of blown that in the single camera setup of these Dragon Gate Network shows that it was kind of obvious, but it's kind of funny that Kagatora won with his slap, but not much to it. The show opener was Dragon Kid, Jason Lee, and Mysterioso versus Ryo Saito, Kness, and Brother Yashi. Dragon Kid got the win for his team and 11 minutes and 59 seconds with the Bible on Rio Saito. I had this at two and three quarters. It was it, it was fine. Uh, Mysterioso looked more motivated than he did on earlier shows on this tour. And also it's kind of noticeable that how much bigger he is than the majority of the roster. I mean, he's not a huge dude, but... You know, he was dwarfing everyone on the other team, and he was so much bigger than Dragon Kid. But he was, uh, he looked pretty good. This was a pretty lighthearted comedy match opener. I mean, you have Saito in it, so not super serious. A lot of focus on Dragon Kid, though. The only other big moment from this match was in the finishing stretch. The Bible pin was actually done off of an assisted insegiri from Jason Lee, which looked pretty cool. Match two was a singles match between Misaki Mochizuki and Problem Dragon Mondai Ryu. Mochizuki got the win in six minutes and four seconds with a cross arm breaker. This was even more lighthearted than the opener. Pretty much the, the, the big moment in the match was that both of them got hit in the groin unintentionally and they had to beat the 10 count and then gave a really pathetic looking slap slap fight afterwards while they each were still in pain from getting hit in the crotch so it was just kind of funny and light-spirited i mean problem dragon was more motivated than you usually see problem dragon on these shows i mean he tried to dive bomb misaki mochizuki at the bell but it was just a decent little six minute match not much to it the first three matches you could really just fast forward over if you're pressed for time However, match three is something worth checking out if you're someone who's interested in how Kota Minanora has been developing as he went up against Don Fuji and he lost this one in nine minutes with a camel clutch and there really wasn't much stick to this match. I mean, Don Fuji is someone that 
is willing to get goofy like Ryo Saito, but he brought on his uh he he brought it on this show and it was really kind of good to see him and Mon- Minenora go after it. This really was kind of the uh, most we've seen of a solid stretch of Minenora. I mean, he didn't have much to go in the rookie ranking tournament, so it was nice to have a bit of a longer match with that. And he looked pretty good in this match. I mean, he, uh, of course, is smaller than Don Fuji. Don Fuji is one of the bigger guys on the roster, but it was nice to see him kind of... Uh, really get some time and we got to kind of see what kind of wrestler Kota Minenora was. So this is a match that I don't have it on my recommends list, but it is, if you're someone who's interested in the kind of career that Kota Minenora has been putting together, it's worth checking out this match. So the next match was the first of three Ashishinaki Cup six-man tag team tournament first round matches. There were six teams in this tournament, there was two RED teams. The first one was in this match, and that was Big Ben and Ada, and they went against the Soul Tribe Vanguard team of Yamato, Kai, and UT. And I, the only reason why this match did not get placed on my watch list was just because this match went... This match went 15 minutes and 37 seconds. It was the second longest match on the show. And of this match, it was about a good four or five minutes of crowd rolling. So it's kind of tough to see that on the on the single cam shows when the longer version gets put up next month, when they have the other camera angles and the, and the announcing, it might be a little bit better to watch. But for me, I just can't recommend a match that you can't see almost a third of it. And the result of the match was Ada pinning UT with the Imperial Uno in 15 minutes and 37 seconds. And really, there was a whole lot of UT in this match. He really kind of was the uh, the, the big focus here. You, you got to see him get beat down from all three members of RED and then some flashes with Yamato and Kai. Yamato actually had a really good hot tag where he came in for a big house of fire during this but this was the ut show i went three and a quarter i would really like to see a match actually that's just ada and ut where they just have to have kind of a yave battle but who knows if we're ever going to get that but this match also had more of the breakdown between big ben and shimizu there was a big moment where shimizu clothesline uh binkei so that's gonna that's gonna be a big storyline going forward. I'm already kind of a little bit tired of it. I don't like the idea of a team that's always been on the same page, like been Big Ben, and they're finally getting their second Twin Gate reign. That they already have Discord. I just don't like that in this situation. It just kind of is coming out of nowhere, and in, unless the idea is that Bing K is going to get the big push going into Kobe world it just it's just one of those things that I don't really like this happening the same time that there's all this discord and maximum because Dragon Kid is thinking too high of himself lately so that happened in that in this match it's a it's a fun match went three and a quarter and you know they've really started to hammer home the deadliness of the Imperial you know so it made sense that he got the win over UT in that sort of fashion and oh yeah, Kai was super over. 
Kai's been over this entire tour, so it makes sense why he's sticking around. The semi-main event of the show and what was Case Lowe's match for the night, I wasn't as high as he was on this, but this was a really solid match, was the second of the Ashishinaki, I'm sorry, I'm trying to pronounce this correctly, Ashiyaniki, Ashiyaniki, sorry, Cup six-man tag team tournament first round match B, and that was between the maximum team of Doyoshi and Kaido Ishida versus the Mochi Dojo team of Shun Skywalker, Hio Watanabe, and Yuki Yoshioka. Ishida got the pin on Watanabe in 14 minutes and 7 seconds with a Tiger Suplex hold. And this was a match that even though it's a minute and a half shorter than the other first round matchup, it felt a lot faster pace because they just kind of worked this entire match as a sprint, which was pretty great. I mean, there was some good double and triple team moves early from Mojuzuki Dojo. There was a moment where Hio had Ishida and his um, tarantula hold on the ropes, and then Shun Skywalker came in and just murdered Ishida with a pump kick, and I, 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 I like that. And there was like another moment where they, uh, right after that, where Ishida was put into a uh, was put into a surfboard down into a stretch, so his chest was facing out, and then both Yoshioka and Watanabe came in and gave seated drop kicks to him. So it's nice to see that this Mochizuki Dojo trio is starting to kind of develop tag chemistry. And also, the two of the three members of that trio had really great chemistry in these pairings because Doyoshi showed up. On these kind of shows, it's more often that they will take it a little bit easier, especially Masato Yoshino. He really didn't do much on the Kobe show at the end of December, but he had a really awesome pairing with uh, with uh, Shun Skywalker, and Doi had a really heated one with Yuki Yoshioka. And for me, though, that was the clear highlight of this match, and it was nice to see that everyone kind of was motivated here. Both Shun Skywalker and Yoshioka looked excellent in this match. There is a... I think this was one of the better Hio Watanabe performances in recent months. Uh, he He's obviously been lagging behind. He's been booked as lagging behind. And it's just one of those things that we're really, we really have a solid grasp on who Shun Skywalker is and who Yuki Yoshioka is. But I don't know if it's something where Hio Watanabe is kind of well, he is lagging behind his contemporaries, but it just, his offense really does seem like that there is a, it's kind of unnatural. And I mean, he does a whole lot of fireman's carries into other moves, and it's just kind of, we're looking for him doing it with the size. Like, he doesn't have the very believable movability, for a lack of a better terms, with that kind of power moves as someone like El Lindemann has when he does his judo throws and his suplexes like he like it's entirely believable that El Lindemann being like the tiny the tiny tank he is just completely throws people around but for Hio Watanabe doesn't make a whole lot of sense when he does his fireman's carries and it just kind of feels awkward to me but even with like his offense being kind of awkward this is a very good match I went three and three quarters 
I know Case Low went four stars, and this is a match that it's worth checking out. I, I, I mean, it, it's great seeing how they've really developed the rookies, and they've been one of the big fixtures of the show in January. And seeing them in a semi-main event match without Masaki Mochizuki is a really positive sign of this group going forward. The main event and the last match of the Ashinyaniki Cup six-man tag team tournament first round was the Natural Vibes team versus R.E.D. The Natural Vibes team was KZ, Susumu, Yokosuka, and Kinki Horiguchi. So that was the former Triangle Gate team going against Pac, Yushushi Kanda, and Takashi Yoshida. And somewhat of a... Uh, so somewhat of a Dreamgate preview match going into the big show at Hakata Starlands on the 10th, but also kind of doing some more resolution between the tri- the Triangle Gate feud that R.E.D. and Natural Vibes had. And KZ won this match for the Natural Vibes team, so that means that the finals will be the R.E.D. team of Ada and Big Ben, the Maximum team of Doyoshi and Ishida, and the former... Triangle Gate champion team of KZ, Susumu, Yokosuka, and Gihor Gucci. And KZ got that pen in 16 minutes and 47 seconds with his rubbing, with his running elbow smash onto Yuzushi Kanda. And it was really kind of cool in this match because Pac and KZ just went full bore at each other from the opening bell. And it's clear that the two have a ton of chemistry together and the Kobe crowd was already even more so than usual, incredibly behind KZ, and it was nice to see these sorts of face-offs leading up to the Dreamgate match, the first Dreamgate match of the year, and it really was a relatively not light night for Susumu and Ginky because this match was the longest match of the show. It was 16 minutes and 47 seconds, but KZ was in the match for a good nine minutes worth of it so they did really didn't have to come in a lot but when they came in there were some great moments with them as well but they told a really good story with kz kind of just getting beat down i don't know if kz really has watched a whole lot of old school like rock and roll express tag team matches but he is one of the better ricky mortons that you'll ever see just because he's so great at getting beat down and the crowd has such a connection to him and it had a really great stretch towards the end, and there was a kind of a really funny moment where they kept on doing teases where Kanda was going for the John Woo, and someone would either strike their way out of it or just stop it from happening, and eventually he did his John Woo into the uh, pen roll-up, which was kind of funny, onto KZ, and that was a pretty... Uh, it, it didn't get the response from the crowd that I would expect, but it had a pretty good moment, and there was a really big near fall towards the end where KZ got a tombstone then a slam from Pac and then two straight elbow uh flying elbow drops from Kanda and Yoshida they got a pretty good pin count on it and had a great finishing stretch I mean they they've really gotten over KZ's elbow smash as a move especially when you compare it to November 2017 December 2017 when they first started the initial kz main player push so it, it it's so over and he got a big pin off that and he was able to cut a promo after the match just hyping up the big Dreamgate match and hakata star lanes the last show ever for Dreamgate at hakata star lanes as 
it appears that there's not going to be any renovations of the venue and it's just too expensive and it's too old for the venue's owners to do the pipe upgrades and redo the flooring. It just ended up just being not worth it. So it seems like they're tearing it down, which is super sad considering that Hakala Starlanes has been a big venue for Dragon Gate dating back to Toriumon. And for a lot of uh, promotions that come through Hakata, it's a big place because there's not a lot of venues that are around that size that I guess aren't that expensive to rent out. I mean, pretty much everyone but New Japan goes through Hakata Star Lanes, and New Japan has run there in the past as well. So it's a big moment in Pure Arasu history that's going to end at March when they shut down Hakata Star Lanes. So that's kind of a bummer. It does seem like that Dragon Gate has another venue lined up, but it might be the same situation that they had in Sapporo where they started doing double and triple shots in order to justify going for this venue that's smaller. So it's it, it's sad. It's a bummer. But it but they did a great job of leading up to this big final last match at Hakka Star Lanes. And again, just putting a bow on this show, it's two and a half hours, had seven matches, only one of the matches was was 16 minutes. Everything else was 15 minutes and under. And really, if you're looking for some stuff to watch out of the show, just watch the three tournament matches unless you want to watch Kota Minenora's development. But really, those last two matches are the ones that I really think people should go out of their way to see. I had the semi-main again at three and three quarters, and I had the main event at four stars flat. The second night of the double header was on the 27th, also from Kobe Sambo Hall. It had attendance of 624, which gave them a two-night attendance of 1165, which is up from the fan, the fan recognition show. But you know, I mean, you run two nights, you probably have most of the same crowd there both nights versus a one-day total of 884. So kind of hard to judge the attendance of the show this show is off the network right now it will be back up on probably the 27th i don't know if they're going to bundle both nights into one episode of infinity and to be honest this was a uh, about a two or three match show so there is a lot of stuff from the undercard they could cut this really isn't a show we're talking too much about. There was one one great match, one match that I put at four and a quarter stars. There were two matches or three matches I had at, that were also three or better, and then a couple of uh, just dreadful matches, to be honest. But I probably won't spend too much time on the undercard of the show. The opener was. The team of Ryo Saito and Don Fuji versus Dragon Kid and Jason Lee of Maximum. Saito got the pin on Lee with the double cross in 11 minutes and 6 seconds. This actually was a fun opener. They uh, There was a lot of kind of good opening stretch moments with Jason Lee and Don Fuji where they played up the power and the speed. And th- this was a really lighthearted match. I mean, Dragon Kid didn't really get involved too much. For for an 11-minute match, there might have been two or three minutes with Dragon Kid, but it was mostly 
Jason Lee against everyone. And it's kind of interesting that Saito won with a double cross. That's not a move he wins very often. So that was kind of cool to see that go down. I went three stars for it. It's 11-minute match. That's just kind of a goofy opener. There was discord between Don Fuji and Ryo Saito after the match, but it's probably just them goofing around. The second match was another tag match with Brother Yashi and Sachi Hoko Boy getting a T2P uh, kind of tune-up match against the team of Mysterioso and Problem Dragon Mondai Ryu. Sachi Hoko Boy got the pen in 8 minutes and 31 seconds with his M9 hold on Problem Dragon. And this was a nothing match. Mysterioso was okay and he had some moments with Ryu. I mean, Sachi Hoko Boy is kind of depressing to watch and... Brother Yashi really, you know, he doesn't try when he doesn't have to. So this was just a match. It was a nothing match. The third match was a singles match between Gamma and Yuzushi Kanda. Gamma won in 70 minutes and 49 seconds with the inside cradle. And this match sucked, to be honest. The, the, having two stinker matches back-to-back kind of really put a damper on the show and watching it. Like, skip these. Skip match and two and skip match three i mean there it was a uh, almost eight minute match with about four minutes of crowd brawling and this match is what happens when you have someone who's pretty washed like you see kanda go against someone who hates taking bumps like gamma it just sucked so it's you you have eight minutes of your life you can spend doing better things than this the uh, last match before intermission was actually my second favorite match of the show it was Yet another tag match with Misaki Mochizuki and Shun Skywalker of Mochi Dojo going against a Tribe Vanguard team of Kakatora and UT. And Shun Skywalker got the win in 11 minutes and 22 seconds with the Skywalker, Moonsault, and Kakatora. And this match was actually kind of interesting because this comes off the heels of the rookie ranking tournament. And of course, Shun won, UT finished fourth. And they did have their moments in the match, and there was about a good four to five minutes of the two of them facing off. Like, But the more interesting parts was there's a lot of Mochizuki in this match. I mean, there was a bunch of teamwork between him and Shun that was really kind of fun to see. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a team that they're starting to build up for a twin gate shot at Memorial Gate. But this was a whole lot of fun. I liked it a bunch. You know, Shun Skywalker got the pin on... Kagatora versus UT, and that's another sign of people being moved up the cards a little bit more, especially people who did well in the rookie ranking tournament, and we saw more of that in the main event. But this is definitely a match that I, it makes my list as a should-watch match. It's not anything you really essentially have to watch, but it was kind of neat to see more teamwork between Mochizuki and Shin Skywalker than how UT interacted with them and Kagatora he was the fourth man in this match, but he still was pretty solid as well. The semi-main was a, another tag match. It was a Tri-Vanguard versus R.E.D. match with Yamato and Kai teaming up against Pac and Takashi Yoshida. Yamato got the win on Yoshida in 20 minutes and 23 seconds with his Frankensteiner of the Almighty. I went three stars flat on this. This was a this was about as gentleman's three matches you can get in Dragon Gate. It was 20 minutes long. It had a whole lot of slow work between Yamato and Pac, which was really good in the first 
three to four minutes of it, but when they kept on going back to it, it kind of stank in that regards. And this was just a very slow match. Like the, most of the first match, first half of it, first the minutes were all were all Red attacking Yamato, and then there was a little bit of crowd brawling on the outside. Not a whole lot, but it just was kind of there. It's not kind of the match that I would hope for. It's not incredible, but it was fine. Yoshida and Kai were decent in this. Pac and Yamato have some good chemistry. I, I would have rather had more of a stretch after the opening where it wasn't just the two of them trading holds. I mean, that's what I really was excited about in the Yamahulk team was the fact that Yamato didn't have to do his standard very slow mat work opening. He always had Hulk to come in, and then Yamato could only only really had to do two or three minutes of it, but this match, it felt like it went on forever with that, and even though it was pretty good, I can't go above three stars on this match. I can imagine that people who are a little bit more of Yamato fans would like this more, but it's just, it never got out of just being a good match to me. It just, and it was the longest match on the card, and it just was, and it felt like the longest match on the card, so... Yeah, and that's kind of the story of this entire show, except for the main event. The main event was the Asha Nak. I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly for the last time. The Ashiya Niki Cup six-man tag team tournament three-way finals. All right, nailed it on the last time. With the three winning teams of the previous night, the teams were the maximum team of Doi Yoshi and Kaido Ishida, the... R.E.D. team of Ada and Big Ben, and the Natural Vibes team of KZ, Susumi Okoska, and Ginki Horiguchi. As this is a three-way match, there was two falls. Both falls were scored by Kaido Ishida with his Tiger suplex hold, the first one in 17 minutes and 2 seconds on Ginki Horiguchi, and the fall to win the tournament in 19 minutes and 54 seconds on Ben K. And this match was so much fun. It was, I went four and a quarter stars on it. It's the must-watch match out of this doubleheader by far. Like, if you're just trying to figure out what's the best match to go watch, just watch this one. It was a, it was a pretty fast pace from the bell. I mean, for 20 minutes, there was a little bit of crowd brawling at the open, but not too much, and... There was a sense of urgency in this match that I appreciated after a very slow show so, to that point. And there, it, it, as it kind of does in these kind of matches, the bulk of the first 10, 11 minutes was working with KZ. I mean, KZ is probably the best underdog babyface in wrestling today. And he really had some good moments of that. He had a couple of really good cracking elbow strikes. And, you know, it was really... It was really kind of fun, and then when it moved on to the the, the closing stretch, it became the Kaido Ishida show, and he was look he he's someone that out of everyone in the rookie ranking tournament, even though he didn't win it, he's the one that pairs off against the older roster members, and he's the person that looks the least out of place. He just looks naturally comfortable when he's facing off against Big Ben or against the Natural Vibes team. And he has starting to develop some trios teamwork with Doyoshi, which was really nice. And, you know, he had about 15 straight 
kicks to Shimizu. He kicked out of a really devastating looking spear from Binkei and the top rope splash from Big R Shimizu. So, I mean, he was eating everything. There was a, the sequence leading up to the Horiguchi pen, he kicked out of the backslide from heaven and went straight into his tiger suplex hold. So it was all really great. He was a monster in that final stretch. And really the last two or three months of Dragon Gate, they've done an incredible job of elevating these under 25 roster members and i know i've said this on and on over the last few episodes and i'm also aware that case low has written about this extensively if you haven't read his rookie class article he did kind of in the vein of the xxl freshman class uh articles in xxl magazine it's worth checking out because they've done a tremendous job between between shun skywalker ut and ishida those three really kind of came out of standouts there. And of course, Yuki Yoshioka came out of the tournament looking really strong as well. So in the post-match, there was more discord between between members of R.E.D. because the sequence leading up, up into Ishida winning the match had another clothesline from Shimizu against Binkei. So there was more just drama between all of them. And even Ada pointed it out and... Shimizu played like an idiot, but he, you know, they're, they're continuing this discord. I'm not a tremendous fan of it, but I mean, it is what it is. I I mean, if it does kind of feel like that this is the way that they are starting to position Binkei as someone who might be turning face soon, especially considering that we are now uh, five months and change until Kobe World, and I just have a feeling that we're looking at a Binkei main event at Kobe World, and that's what—that's really why I would do. Unless you have some sort of strong hearts return, is get ready to position Binkei as your next guy. So that happened, and there was more Dragon Kid being a just being an idiot towards Maximum, and always bringing up even after they won the tournament that you know the only reason they won was because they wanted to get the hundred boxes of beef curry from the Ashin Yaniki restaurant so he felt like that the only way that they went is there's motivation in front of them and then the rest of Maximum kind of just said stop being a dipshit you are out of line here you didn't build Maximum from scratch and you weren't a leader you came on the same time as Ishida but the biggest thing in the post-match was Ishida feeling like that with this team of Doyoshi that he's really kind of made his mark as a trio and that they should make a challenge for the Triangle Gate. And that match will be happening at Champion Gate. So that is the big show at the beginning of March and it will be the first defense of RED's tri- Triangle Gate Championship unless they try to squeeze them in sometime in February. But I'm I'm excited for it. I feel like that's a match that could main event one of the two nights. I mean, of course, the second night will probably be main evented by the Dream Gate, but if you want to have this as your first night main event rather than a Dragon Kid Brave Gate defense, I think that's a pretty okay idea. I mean, I don't think you're going to have Big Ben do a defense of the Twin Gate as the other night. But overall, this show, with the exception of the main event, is very skippable. There was some good stuff, however, between the Mochizuki team, so it kind of continues the end of 2018 in a lot of ways. But the two nights, it was a fun tournament. I mean, I 
enjoy a lot more of the matches on night one because there are more tournament matches and stuff that stakes to it. But a lot of the stuff outside of the tournament matches in this two in this double header of shows in, in Kobe Sambo Hall were pretty much nothing. So when this show comes back on the network, and if it's bundled with the show on the 26th, that'll be for the best because you could skip a lot of the uh, chaff that was that made up the majority of the show. The February Corkin was on the 5th. It was the Truthgate 2019 show. The attendance was 1780, which is up from last month's 1615. It's the most attended Corkin since the Dreamgate match between Yoshino and Pac, and probably just off the top of my head, the second most attended Corkin since the split. And it was really noticeable how much more full the the building was in comparison to January. This show was on the 5th, so it will be on demand on Dragon Gate Network until the 12th, and then it will go off and return on March 5th. And overall, this was probably my favorite Corkin show since November. I mean, since the uh, the Corkin that had the four-way six-man tag match. It just up and down... It, it was a card that I only had one match below three stars, and I had two matches at four stars and or better. And other than the, than the uh, one bad match, the show really flew by. A lot of stuff has been happening. This is easily the most exciting part point in Dragon Gate in recent memory. I mean, probably dating back to 2016 or 2015 where it felt like everything was hitting on cylinders like this and you know it, it it's something that they've always had an issue at least from 2016 through 2018 and that there would be one or two over overlying storylines and just a lot of people not doing a whole lot and everything felt like it was being built up for title matches whereas now it seems that the majority of the card, with the exception of the older wrestlers, have motivation, and a lot of those older wrestlers are now in the 20th anniversary commemoration special matches. So it kind of, you know, gives them something to do as well. So you don't feel like you're wasting time watching Dragon Gate shows, which was what it felt like for a while. So starting off with the opener, it was an eight-man tag of a Mochizuki Dojo team versus. Old people and Hiroshi Yamato tag match. So it was Masaki Mochizuki, Hyo Watanabe, Yuki Yoshioka, and Kota Minenura versus Gamma, Kaness, Problem Dragon, Mondai Ryo, and Hiroshi Yamato. Yuki Yoshioka got the win in 8 minutes and 12 seconds with his reversal Samson hold over Kaness. And like a lot of the Hiroshi Yamato matches, this was a pretty lighthearted affair. Most of it was based around the comedy of him with his ex-chop that's kind of been the big thing for him on these shows. And it was actually kind of funny. They had his theme sped up this week, this month, so he lost his place at a couple points, and I thought that was kind of amusing. But it had a really spirited start with it, and everyone looked really good. I mean, Yoshioka has been incredibly consistent as of late, and uh, Kota Minora and Hio Watanabe haven't had as many opportunities as Yoshioka did since they were eliminated so early in the rookie ranking tournament. So it was nice to see all three of them kind of get in on the action. And 
it was a match where there was a couple kind of moments. It, it a couple really cool moments, but really it was the Yuki Yoshioka store show as it's been as of late. There was one moment where they were doing times the where Yoshioka was cleared out of the ring, and instead of rolling through the ropes, he decided to go over the top, hit the floor, which is the dumbest spot and the on the show so far this year, and it takes over. The role from Dago when Dago was here in his first match, he decided to do a Pescado to the outside and be caught by no one. So that got a pretty good laugh. It was a fun match. The The finishing stretch was Kness with the Hikari no Watch, first trying it on Hio Wanabe and then trying it on Yuki Yoshioka, who reversed it into his reversal Samson. The reversal Samson needs a little bit of work. It's just one of those things that I don't know if the guys he's applying to always know what's going on when he's doing it but it's a really cool holding theory and i'm excited for him now to have that as his secondary finish in a flash pen for him as well and i went three stars on this match and you know the, the mochi dojo kids there really hasn't been a bad match of them since they've started on the shows and since they've had more focus so it's definitely worth checking out the mochi do- mochizuki dojo matches pretty much i i feel like that it's as close as you can get to mandatory viewing without it being incredible matches. It's just great to see these these kids develop. And for someone like me who's been such a huge uh, proponent of watching this class grow since late 2016, it's great to see where they are two years later. And especially for someone like Yoshioka who had... When he first like debuted, he didn't really have a whole lot of charisma, and he was fine, but... He's kind of become the silently the best worker out of all of them. And then Minonora, he's only eight months in, and you're starting to kind of see who he is. And Watanabe is still trying to figure it out. And it, it, it's exciting. And with the other ma- other young p- people matches on the show, I mean, people out of the r- rookie ranking tournament were in one, two, three, four matches of the show. So they've really done a great job of focusing their efforts outside the title picture on these guys because they know that how old the uh, top four are or really top three when you think about it and then and then you also have someone like kz kz's in his 30s as well and pox in his 30s so it's really smart that they've really have found these kids that the crowd's more enthusiastic about and especially are reacting more to than the millennials of that time the second match was my least favorite match of the show. It was a t- R.E.D. versus Tri-Vanguard tag match. The R.E.D. team was Yuzushi Kanda and Kazuma Sakamoto, and the Tri-Vanguard team was Kakatora and Kai. Kazuma Sakamoto got the pin in 9 minutes and 27 seconds with his half-package pile driver. And, who oh boy. You have, uh, in this match... Kanda, who I've had my issues with Kanda pretty much since he's turned heel after the end of the Jimmys. He, he's just not very good. You have Sakamoto, who's been decent in Dragon Gate and stretches. It's still one of those things that it's not a natural environment for him. And you, a match like this is just something that he's not always the best person for. And then on the other side, you have Kai, who I've had my misgivings about Kai. He's There's been some matches he's been terrible and there's some matches that he's been good in and there's just a lot of matches like this where it just doesn't really work i think kakatora who i don't know if there's an injury or something's up with him or he's just not motivated right now but it's just 
it's such a bummer to watch him lately. I mean, he's the person that I feel like has taken the biggest step back in 2019 so far. So this match, I gave two and a quarter stars. It was slow and pop plotting. And then the only one who was really pushing the tempo is Kai, which is a really kind of a sad thing to say if Kai is the person that's pushing a tempo in a Dragon Gate match. And this match went on for nine minutes it felt like it was 20 minutes i actually when i was watching it the first time i fell asleep during this match and i had to i had to go back and rewatch it and just i kind of wish i just 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 said like yeah i took a nap and this match sucked but it was just not good two and a quarter stars again and if there's a match on the show that you should absolutely skip it's this one just don't bother with it it's not any good the show really managed to pick up though after that tag match everything from match three on was at least three and a half stars and nothing overstayed its welcome i mean even this next match which when they announced the card i went oh boy this match could be a problem because it was the standard cork and mat cork and singles match with takashi yoshida and those usually are slog to get through but it was him versus ut and ut won in 10 minutes and 18 seconds to the casadora and it was a tremendous match it was about as well worked of a big versus small match as you'll ever see in Dragon Gate. I mean, Yoshida basically let UT use his body as, as a jungle gym, and it ruled. I love that. And they told a really good story throughout it. And the the really what, the thing that surprised me about this is Takashi Yoshida, the former Cyber Kong, has been someone ever since I can remember, who has very little singles chemistry with a lot of people, but he has it with UT and working a match like this where Yoshida runs rough shot for about two or three minutes and then UT slowly starts to pick him apart with holes. He had a couple Cobra stretches. He went for the Bianyave at a time, and it's just as really was something really great to watch, and it's nice to it's nice to see this kind of styles clash that we're seeing in Dragon Gate and how someone like UT, who is prob- who is the only true Yave practitioner on the roster, has been able to pull a match like this out of Cyber Kong. It's just something incredible. It, I'm really hoping that they get a rematch somehow in King of Gate if, if somehow UT is in King of Gate this year, which he should be. I mean, pretty much... They have four new people who should be in King Gate now. You have UT, you have Shun Skywalker, you have Yuki Yoshioka, and you have Kaido Ishida, and all four of them should be in King Gate this year because I'm more enthusiastic about imagining, oh, what's going to happen when UT faces Masato Yoshino in a tournament match than I ever thought I would be in 2018 or 2017. But this match ruled. It was just a shade below four stars for me just because it was a 10-minute match and... You, you know, for a match like this, I went three and three quarters. And there's only so much you can really do in a 10-minute Corkin match when there was going to be another big singles match on the show. So I'm glad that it had this. And this is definitely a match that's worth going out of your way to see. It's Takashi Yoshida's best singles match, I think, since a singles match in Hulk's title run. So five years, I want to feel like. But it, it was awesome. I love this match a whole lot. Match four was the Dragon Gate Anniversary 20th Commemoration Series Special Match Volume 2, Torimon Japan versus T2P. The Torimon Japan side was Don Fuji, Ginki Horiguchi, Susumi Okoska, and Ryo Saito going against the T2P side of 
Brother Yasini, Yoshin, Yoshino, uh, I'm trying my best this time not to say Yashi and Yoshino, so I apologize in advance, but it was Brother Yoshini, Yoshino, Sachi Machine 2, and the return, returning Toro Washi. So that was kind of fun. We had three people of Doofixer on one side and three people, and two people of Italian Connection and then two other members of Agoniso on the T2P side. And it went 14 minutes and 20 seconds with Susumi Yokosuka hitting the Yokosuka cutter on Sachioko Machine 2. I went three and three quarters on this match. I know that Case Low didn't give a rating to it, It, which is totally fine. This is basically just a throwback match. I mean, it's completely out of canon, but it was awesome. I loved how it just felt like there were four matches going on at the same time because you had this big, this big hoss-off between... Don Fuji and Toro Iwashi. You had everyone beating up on Sachi Hoko Boy. You had the Italian Connection members going against the two Fixer members. You had a couple of Maraha Isapa moments during it. And this was a really fun match. Like that's why I like about this series is they've been they've had two matches now. The first one was a little bit more special because it was Mochizuki's 25th anniversary. But this match you had Toro Iwashi who is one of the last members of Aganiso not to make a return. So if Shoujo Jet Takaki is around somewhere, I mean, I know that he reappears in DDT every few years. That would complete all five making their return. But you had Owashi in there, and he just had a complete different vibe to him than everyone else in the match, and that was a whole lot of fun. And you had Yasino and Yasini both in their Italian connection gear, so... So brother had his hair up, and if for a while in Italian Connection, it was just long hair with white streaks in it, but he had white extensions woven into his braids this time. And then Yoshino, of course, was dressed as Sexy Tarzan and was doing the Sexy Tarzan taunts, which was funny. And he had a he had a long hair wig because back at the time Yoshino had hair that was went down to his shoulders and. The wig fell off at one time, which got a good comedy reaction. And the one of the things that really stood out for me in this match was that Sachi, who has been one of the more depressing members of the roster to watch over the last few years, just because after the Amigo Tag title reign ended and after Monster Express ended, he's just been non-existent other than showing up on big shows and he's just looked a step off, but... This match reminded me how great of a comedy worker he was because a lot of the match was him getting just having the crappy out of him. And there was a moment where I think it was against Susumu where he was trying to do a flying head scissors, but it kind of turned into Susumu spinning around with his head with uh, Shachi's legs on his head and just rubbing his head up against the match, the mat for like five rotations. And I thought that was really funny. But this was just an overall. It was a fun match. It was not... It, it it didn't feel like a match in Dragon Gate Cannon. It just seemed like a nice thing that the crowd was really behind. They did have to mute all the themes, which surprised me. Because I felt like they at least had the rights for some of these themes for for the, the Torimon Japan and the T2P guys. But I guess they were using the actual commercial music that they used, which was... Kind of interesting, I mean, it, 
I mean, having Sandstorm for Awashi was something I wasn't expecting, but, you know, it just was one of those moments I was like, Dragon Gate is usually cavalier about this kind of stuff, but they were trying to be careful about it. But definitely worth a watch. There's a worse way to spend 15 minutes of your time, and overall, it just was a fun match to see. The next match was the special singles match, which was my match of the night. It was set up last month after Shun Skywalker won the rookie ranking tournament, and it was... Shun Skywalker versus Benkei. Shun Skywalker got the big win in 16 minutes and 23 seconds with his Skywalker Moonsault. I went four and a quarter on this match. I like the match he had against Ishida just a touch more, just because it was a little bit more back and forth, and the, the crowd was a little bit more into it. The crowd was in this, but this one really told a fun story where the first few minutes was Benkei just big-dogging him and ground-grappling him, which is something that People don't really talk about a lot with Ben K, but he was a, I think it was Perfecture wrestling champion, or he he was someone that was really well thought of in high school as a amateur wrestler. But so him just grinding him down to the mat for the first few minutes, and then the match really kind of the the match really kind of picked up in pace when Shun was starting to get on offense and. It was a great display of Shun working from underneath, which was something we didn't see a whole lot in the uh, rookie ranking tournament, but he was great at selling and putting over how Bing K was. And I mean, the two of them have great chemistry, and that's one of the exciting things about this match and watching this match was this is probably going to be a match that these two guys are going to be linked somehow throughout their career just because of the class they came in and the overall storyline of how Bing K immediately shot ahead of the remainder of this rookie class and now everyone's trying to catch up with him and trying to face off against them so it was nice to see them kind of begin a continuity there when there hasn't really been a great generational rivalry since really Shingo Takagi and BB Hulk I mean Kiritazawa didn't have so much of a generational rivalry they brought it up at times with BB Hulk since they both were in the dojo at the same times but it was very clear that Hulk was set as far ahead of him. Yamato was so far ahead of everyone else and and the next classes that wasn't even considered. The millennials really were so tied to each other that there wasn't a whole lot of time for any T-Hawk versus Ada. And yeah, so it's nice having this there. The, there was a couple moments where it was a little dangerous to be on the floor if you were a uh, if you're someone who bought a ticket to Cork and Hall this day because well, they were flying around. There were some top moments that some some fans were caught and and, and the dives that Shun was hitting, and it just was complete, just a complete performance from both of them. Shun was great in selling in this, and the finishing stretch was tremendous. Where Binkei hit a spear early in the match, and he went for a second one, but he got probably the best pump kick of Shun Skywalker's career in the face, and then he was able to get him up for Ashla. And then the Skywalker Moonsault. So this was just a tremendous match all throughout. If you're only going to pick one match from the show to watch, yet again, it's a Shin Skywalker match. It's worth checking this one out. And just top to bottom, great performance for both of them. And it they really made a big point of it on afterwards where Shun was telling him that he knew that he didn't surpass Ben with one win and that they're going to probably be doing this for a long time. And it was just a really nice moment. And Ben... Ben K, of course, picked up the microphone and, and didn't say anything. And the crowds really started to get behind Shun. 
it was interesting during the pre-show they were showing the new fan banners that some people have up there was a new one for kz and it was the first time i saw one for binke and maybe uh we're we're reaching a point where we might start seeing some shun skywalker banners so now it's just kind of nice to see that like after years of kind of the same fan banners and maybe one one banner for someone like ada who's had the same fan banner since like 2013 by the way it's just nice seeing that that's there's now the support for these younger guys that wasn't necessarily the case before the semi-main was a red versus maximum trios match with the maximum side being dragon kid jason lee and kaido ishida going against the red side of Pac, ada and big r shimizu ishida won the match in 9 minutes and 23 seconds with his one sec kick into a pen on big r shimizu and what i really liked about this match was that this was worked from a for a complete sprint or worked as a complete sprint from the opening bell and it just there wasn't any like lost time there wasn't a whole lot of crowd brawling with this and i went three and a half stars on it just because the it was a less than a 10 minute match and it there were it was a very good match it just didn't reach a uh four star or better level in my mind uh this match was interesting because they had kaido work from a under for a lot of this match which is something that really didn't happen too much during the tag tournament and it didn't happen really that much at all during the uh, rookie ranking tournament so it was really kind of cool to see him working from beneath and the pace with this match was really somewhat startling considering that Pac has been using his kind of more heel character as he did in WWE to get over in Dragon Gate but he more and more and in each successive match he's been able to kind of let that go a little bit still have the heel mannerisms but work more the dragon gate style and i appreciate that i think that as someone who's looks like he still is sticking around a little bit longer i like that he's deciding to just kind of let go and do more dragon gate style things this was a this had a pretty fun finish because there was more uh there was there was more just kind of interruptions with with ada i mean ada clocked uh the the stretch had ada go for the uh imperial uno hit it once and then try to go for it again but instead he hit big r shimizu and that went straight into the one sec and the pen and it just was really it was a really fun sprint it's kind of a one that it's it's a little bit weird that it was a semi-main event but it still was a strong match there the main event was the three-way singles match between Naruki Doi, Yamato, and KZ. This was set up by the pens that KZ got the, in the January Corkin. And KZ won this match in 23 minutes and 32 seconds. The first fall was KZ eliminating Yamato with his Skyda Schoolboy. And the second one was him hitting the KZ time on Naruki Doi. And... This was a match where all three of them kind of went for it. It did have a little bit of Yamato's uh, grindingness, which was I wasn't too much a fan of it. I went four stars on that. And the reason why I couldn't go much higher was that the crowd kind of died off after Yamato was eliminated. It had a really hot reaction, hot reaction. He got the sky to schoolboy on Yamato. Big reaction for eliminating Yamato. Then the last 
four and a half minutes with Naruki Doi, the crowd seemed not to be into it, which was kind of surprising considering how over KZ has been on all the other shows and how he really last year became a star in Corkin that the crowd wasn't as much into the final stretches of it. Doi was really kind of great in this match, though. He's someone that there hasn't been as much uh, high-level Naruki Doi in 2019 so far. He's kind of known that the first month was all about the kids, and then during the tag team tournament, there was just a lot more Kaido Ishida than Doi Yoshi. But seeing Naruki Doi kind of get into it and going for it, like he went for the muscular bomb twice on this match. And the first time the crowd really reacted to it, but the second time the crowd wasn't as reactive. I guess they kind of figured that, oh, it, he got out of it once, he's going to get out of it again. But they, re- the, the finish was really as strongly, really sh- as strong as KZ's been put over in a match in a long time. I mean, he had the impact, they had him just co- constantly go after Doi with elbow smashes and then go for the kz time and it really put over kz's uh, abilities and cemented if he wasn't already cemented in the top tier of dragon gate wrestlers with uh yamato and doyoshi then this match further put him in that top tier and you, you know it was a match that it had a moment where it could have been a four and a half star match if the crowd was still more into it if the crowd didn't die off after the first escape from the muscular bomb. But just the last three minutes was just kind of weird feeling. It still was very good. Don't get me wrong. It's still four stars in the second four-star match on the show. It just just had that moment where it could have been something truly special. And I don't know. I don't know if there was something that the crowd was distracted by. I mean, that, that would be kind of a more of a thing you see in Western audiences that the crowd just kind of has something else catch their eye or they just really wanted Naruki Doi to win and it was like oh so we had our so, so Yamato got eliminated by KZ cool we're behind that KZ escaped from one muscular problem cool we're behind that and maybe they wanted Naruki Doi to win maybe that was it but after the match there was a hole to do I'm reading this off of iHeartDG all credit goes to Jay as always R.E.D. quickly hit the ring to put a damper on KZ's win. And Pac grabbed the mic and said, KZ says he's, cra- he's crazy. If he thinks Pac is scared of him, then he must be crazy. And Hakata, Pac is going to fucking kill him. And just further put, putting over the show that's going to happen on the 10th. And then then after that, it was Ada with the mic. And he basically ran down all the other units. He didn't really run up run down a maximum movie, but it was really more against natural vibes and try vanguard talking about how try vanguard really was yamato and kakatora and kai only comes around when he's available and that they're useless and natural vibes only has kz and susumu on house shows because ginky's taking the step back and brother yashi only does televised shows so then they were trying to put together a three-way eight-man tag match and after that, there was some more R.E.D. drama where where uh, Ada said that it was going to be him, Pac, Konda, and Kazma, where Shimizu wanted that the Twin Gate champion should be in that match. And there was more drama about how Shimizu is acting like he's the leader, but 
everyone in R.E.D. is tired of him. But right as Yagi was about to make that into a three-way, Mochizuki Dojo came out and Mochi wanted in, but he was not going to be on the team. He wanted all the youngsters to be in that match. So it's now a four-way, eight-man tag. So 16 people on March 7th. And the sides are the R.E.D. team, as I mentioned, are Pac, Ada, Kanda, and Kazuma Sakamoto. The Natural Vibes team is KZ, Susumu, Brother Yashi, and Kiki Horiguchi. The Tribe Vanguard team is, is UT, Yamato, Kagatora, and Kai. And the Mochizuki Dojo team is Shun Skywalker, Hio Watanabe, Yuki Yoshioka, and Kota Minenora. But that wasn't the only match that was set up for March's Corkin. As after that, the, the breakdown between DK and... Naruki Doi came to a head, and it was more about Dragon Kid thinking that he was the leader and that he created Maximum, and Naruki Doi, of course, thinking that he was being ridiculous and is sick of his shit. So there's going to be a singles match between the two of them at the March Corrigan. So we have two matches of that set up. We'll probably get the remaining matches will probably be set up by Hakata or will be put on as the show as we get closer to it. But overall... I really like this Gorkin. Probably Dragon Gate's show of the year so far. And it ranks up there as its best show since November. The crowd was great. I mean, almost as filled as you can get in Corkin nowadays. And there was only one match that really I can't recommend with any sort of good conscience. And that's the Travi Vanguard versus R.E.D. Tag Match Match 2. Don't watch this match under... Any circumstances, unless you really want to take a nap. However, the rest of the show was really fun, and nothing really went long. There was a couple of really strong and good uh, rookies matches, and then the really fun Torimon Japan versus T2P 20th anniversary match, and then the the trios with Maximum and R.E.D. was a really fun sprint, and then, of course, the three-way main event. But overall, you know, it's another strong show in Corkin. Attendance is back up, and it seems like that there's a lot of momentum going into the show on the 10th. The farewell to Hakata Starlands was on February 10th. It was the Truthgate 28-2019 show. The uh, attendance was 1829, which is the highest attendance I've seen there as a shoot number since I can remember the last time they were actually were in Hakata Star Lanes was for Shingo Takagi's Farewell to Dragon Gate match, which had 16.59. And this was about as packed as I think you could get that building. I mean, if they had another row and people weren't diving onto the floor, you probably could have got another 50 people in there. But that was as close as full capacity as one could think. And this was incredible car just top top down it just was and there were just a lot of fun matches there were a lot of really good matches and of course it was headlined by the big final match for dragon gate in hakata star lanes being the open the dream gate match Pac making his first defense against kz and i really want to start off the show recap talking about this match it was Pox making his first defense. He defeated KZ in 25 minutes and 17 seconds with his Black Arrow Splash. 
So he got his first stream key, and pop, and now KZ is 0-2 in his Dreamgate challenges. I went four and three quarters on this match. I was very close to going full five on it, and it would have been my first five-star match in Dragon Gate since the Shingo Takagi versus Misaki Mochizuki match at Final Gate 2015. Or not Final Gate, I always get this one mixed up, at Gate Destiny 2015. And the only thing that stopped me really was I, on this night, in Hakata... KZ was the most popular person in the world. He was the most over person I've seen in the promotion since even like before uh even before Doi's face turn when Doi had a really hot run right there in late 2016. No, I it's hard for me to remember the last person to be this over in Dragon Gate and it was an incredible match again. It's probably as of Today, I'm recording this on the 10th. I managed to watch this unspoiled, and I'm very happy I did. But as of today, it's my match of the year, or at least a front runner. And it's interesting to me, this match. It was an incredible match. They they started out slow, basically going hole for hole, and then just started cranking it to each gear. There was a moment where KZ did a blockbuster from the apron onto the floor that kind of really had it go into like the third or fourth gear and it was worked exactly as well as I hoped. The the one special thing about Pac now that we're almost almost four months into his return to Dragon Gate is he started off with really going heavy and hard on the WWE heel King Neville act and he's completely kind of abandoned that and he still has the great heel work and he's still very much playing up the bastard but he's found a way to work that into high work rate matches like there was nothing on here that was as there's nothing he's done that's been as bad as that flamita match which just was all character work but this one was incredible he's been able to work them both together and these two have natural chemistry i had to go back and look and see okay when was the last time that Pac and kz really like face off against each other and it's been they've had about a handful of matches since Pac returned but this is we're talking about almost seven years since they've had consistent work against each other and they're just incredible together and I just like walk I just like walked away from this match just like needing a moment to cool down and think about it because of how great it was but something that needs to be said before I had that tangent there is I think Dragon Gate made the made the wrong move tonight. I think that Pac has done a great job in Western awareness and giving a little bit of fuel to the company, but it's undisputable that KZ was the guy in Hakala Starlane's last show. He has been the most over guy, not just in Corkin, like how he was at the beginning of last year where he really was a Corkin face that was built up and had an incredible match, but... Over the first month and a half of shows in Dragon Gate, he's been the most over guy in the company. He's been the most over guy in Corkins. He's been the most over guy in Kobe and Kyoto. And they haven't even toured Hokkaido yet. So who knows how insane things could have been there. And I, it's kind of clear to me like what the long-term plan is going to be with Pac. That he's probably going to have this belt until the lead up to Kobe World. He might actually have it going to Kobe World at I'd be a little bit surprised, but 
it just seems like to me if there was a chance to really make a guy more so than last year when there was a chance for Masaki Mochizuki to make KZ that it wasn't his time then it was very clear now after this match that last year that wasn't his time this year this could have been the time and Maybe he rebounds and wins King of Gate and gets a whole lot of momentum going into Kobe World and they give to him at Kobe World. But it to me, it just feels like that this was the time. And of course, if he won, then we won't have the Champion Gate match that's being set up for the second night of Champion Gate with Pac defending against Shun Skywalker because you're not going to have a first-time champion go up against someone so young in their career in their first title defense. But it just seems like to me that this match really could have gone the other way and it sounds like i'm being critical but this is my match of the year right now and there, there were moments in this match where i've where Pac gave kz probably the most devastating looking backslide driver that i've ever seen and it was just completely insane and, he, and then he went straight into a liger bomb for a near fall and then he finished him off finally with a middle rope tombstone pile driver into the black arrow and Something that's also worth saying in this match was they he Pac did kick out of the Sky to Schoolboy. He did kick out of a KZ time, but he did not get hit with the impact. He got hit with a variant of the uh, CDJ. So, I mean, they're still left on the table here. And this match, do whatever you can to go watch it. It will be up on the Dragon Gate Network for the next seven days. It'll come down the 17th and we'll be back March 17th. But... Go and watch this match. This match, I just can't say enough praising this match. KZ has, is now two for two for having incredible Dreamgate matches. And more so than ever, I mean, you look back to where the promotion was right after the split and how things were very scary and tentative and they went to the Shurahane and Masato Yoshino. But take a look over the last three months for Dragon Gate, basically in the lead up to Final Gate and the first two months of 2019. They have a made guy who's now one of the big stars in KZ. They have guys who are right now on the prepices of that and Shin Skywalker. And you have someone like Binkei that all it's going to really take to get him back to that standard is just breaking him away from Big R Shimizu and maybe giving him King of Gate. So they're in so much of a better position than they were right after the OWE split. And even before that, I mean, this is the best position the company's really been in since before Tozawa left. And it's just exciting because who would have thought that this time last year that with the uh, Champion Gate cards, and go look them up, those cards in retrospect were complete dog shit cards. I mean, you had Punch Tomonaga versus Yuzushi Kanda in a Brave Gate match as the semi-main event of one of the shows. But on that show, you had Shun Skywalker in the dark match. And now he's made eventing one of the nights of Champion Gate. What this company has done has been incredible over the last two, over the last 60 days, even more so over the last nine month over the last like 90 days and three months. And it's just incredible to see where this company is at today, February 10th, 2019, to where it was this time six months ago, this time last year, and this time two years ago. It's incredible. This I, after this, the very scary days of the uh, Okamura's retirement and the OWE departure, the company now seems as exciting as it's ever been. And it's just, it, it, it's a bummer that actually like, there's not as many cards for the remainder of February because 
they're uh, looking back on the shows that they've had so far televised this year. I came away watching the show immediately, hoping that it, that the next show was next week or tomorrow, just because of how good it's been. So check out this match, and we're gonna start again from the bottom of the card up from there. The opener was Gamma Kaness, Brother Yashi, Mondai Ryu, Problem Dragon versus Jason Lee, Kaido Ishida, Sachihoko Boy, and Dragon Daya. Kaness got the win on. Jason Lee in 10 minutes and 16 seconds with Hakari Noah, which is kind of surprising to me. I went two and three quarters. Most of this match was the first part of the match was focused on Dragon Daya. The crowd, for a crowd that this was going to be our last show there, the crowd was electric all night there. And Daya has improved since he's been sick. You know, I've not been as high on him as others are. And okay, Slow is someone who's pretty high on Dragon Daya, but he had a, he did pretty well in this match. And when you look at when you look at the losing side, Jason Lee is not the person that I would expect to be taking the loss. It just you have Dragon Dai, who's the youngest person on the roster, Sachi Hoko Boy, who's not a regular. It's gonna be one of those two, but no. Kness got the win and he cut a promo afterwards saying that the veteran still had a whole lot left in his tank, but he's planning on making it a move in the very future. And you know, if we're getting full time Kness, even with the baggage of who knows how long you get a full-time Kness. I'm stoked. I would love to see Kness go up against the younger class a lot more. I mean, I don't know if I trust him really going into a full unit, to be honest. But, hey, if he's going to, if you already have all these part-timers in some of these units, why not add Kness? I mean, Kness and Maximum would be a whole lot of fun. I mean, Kness and Tri Vanguard, I mean, they need anyone right now. So having Kness there would be real interest best. Real interesting. I mean, the idea of a Kness UT tag team sounds great. So we'll see what that what this really ends up to. It feels like this time last year they were talking about Kness was was not going to let the younger generations pass him by and immediately got hurt. So we'll see what happens with them. Match two was the traditional singles match, and it was one between Don Fuji and Hollywood Stalker Ichikawa. Don Fuji got the win in six minutes and fifty seven seconds after a failed Ina Bauer German suplex and. I just out of principle don't rate Stalker Chikawa singles matches because they're comedy matches, but this is the most enjoyable comedy match of his that since I can remember. I mean, he had that really bad long one at Kobe World last year, but this one was a blast. I mean, Stalker came out with probably a three meter tall ladder. I mean, he was basically it was double his height, and the whole the, the whole thing was that he was going to do a move off the ladder. Thing that he was going to finally finish his endless feud with Don Fuji with it, and of course, he didn't. I mean, the only thing that the ladder came in play was a, a time that Don Fuji climbed up the ladder and climbed back down the ladder to put the boots to Stalker. And there was a really like funny moment in the early part of the match where they're on the outside and Fuji slams him to the floor and hits him with a chair, and he rolls in winning the ten, winning the twenty count count out, and. The, and the ring announcer Kikuchi immediately said, no, we're going to see how long this, this goes here. And he would have a 50 count because of how weak he was. And it just was a blast. It was so much of a fun match. And I mean, I think these two have some of the best comedy chemistry out of anyone in wrestling. So usually you might be like skipping through a show and say, oh, it's a Sakura Chikawa match. I'm just not going to watch it. But watch this one. It's seven minutes long and it was a blast. The third match was a rare three-way match. I mean, the last two shows have had two 
have had two three-way singles matches. And this one had Shun Skywalker, Yuzushi Kanda, and Kakatora, with Shun Skywalker getting the pin on Kanda after, with the Ashla in 7 minutes and 37 seconds. This was the worst match on the card. And it, it was worked on a pretty fast clip when it was just Shun Skywalker and Kagatora in it. But then Kanda came in and everything kind of grinded to the halt. Kagatora is looking a little better. I had questions earlier if he was injured and I was told that no, he's not injured, or if he's injured, he's not really announcing it. And it was fine. I mean, Skywalker and Kagatora's moments were were good in this match, but there was it was a singles match of Yushi Kanda, and at this point, I don't really think anyone should have time for that. Match four was a Mochizuki Dojo versus R.E.D. trios match with Ada, Takashi Yoshida, and Kazuma Sakamoto going against the the, the Mochi Dojo team of Yuki Yoshioka, Hio Watanabe, and Kota Minenora. Ada got the pen in 10 minutes and 35 seconds after hitting Kota Minenora with the Imperial Uno. And this was a good... I, I, I went three and a quarter on this. Like, this was a this was a good trios match. I mean, it was only 10 minutes long. And it actually had a really a fun start where instead of the Rudo team attacking... The rookies, it was the rookies attacking the Rudo team and trying to beat down Ada. But then it kind of turned into the Hyo getting beat down by everyone. And for someone who's had such a undistinguished career so far and has clearly fallen behind the people who are considered his peers, the one thing I can say that Hyo Wanabe is really good as at selling, and there's a whole lot of Hyo Wanabe selling. And there was a moment later on in the match when... It was the hot. It was a hot moment for Mochizuki Dojo trying to get the win. Hiyowanabe hit Ada with his uh, with his uh, springboard moonsault. I always forget what it's called. It's the one where he bounces off the top ropes. I I, I remember that there was name it from it from Sabu when Sabu used to do it, but I forget what it is off the top of my head right now. But then it was supposed to set up Yuki Yoshioka trying to hit his frog splash, and it wasn't just that Ada got his legs up. He managed to. Uh, do like a kangaroo kick to him that was really brutal looking and that would that kind of like built that into the finish and i mean this was a match where the result was never in question here i mean i don't think they were going to have yuki oshioka pin a member of red when red already has their next that true their next triangle gate defense lined up but it was nice to see you know it was what it was what you would hope of a match like this and it was pretty solid because of how it was executed. Match five was a traditional tag match between Big Ben, the Twin Gate champions, against the Tribe Vanguard team of Kai and UT, where UT got the surprise win on Ben K in 14 minutes and 36 seconds with the schoolboy after a missed chair attack. So interesting that Ben K has lost two straight televised matches taking the fall, but I went three and three quarters on this. This, this tag match ruled. This is probably my favorite Kai match that I've seen, and it's kind of something now where I feel like each show review, more and more I say, okay, I'm liking Kai more, I'm liking Kai more, and I almost gave Kai four stars in this match. This match almost made my spreadsheet, but the reason why like, I've really grown to like Kai is also I feel like the promotion knows where to position Kai, and having him against two bigger guys like Big R Shimizu and Bing K is exactly what you need to do with Kai, and he had good chemistry with them. And also, the chemistry that UT had with him, especially in the closing stretch, was great as well. And 
UT, you had UT also working as the underdog, like the Takashi Yoshida match, where he was trying to use them as a jungle gym, but that wasn't happening as much. Instead, he got beat down a lot and was showing a lot of good fire and, uh, and just like really just trying to grab on and not let Big Ben just run roughshod on them. The one downside about these shows like this on Dragon Gate Network, where basically everything but the Corkins and the big shows are single cams, is that there was a moment where they were crowd brawling, and it looked like that Shimizu got th- that Shimizu threw UT twelve throws into the seats and i was really kind of bummed that i wasn't able to see that that was something that i that if i saw that on camera that might have been enough for me to bump bump up the four stars because it's just like the crowd just had a real audible as that happened and i thought that was really kind of a cool moment but it was a blast of a match and ut is phenomenal in these kind of roles and after the match there was and after ada attack accidentally attacked ben k there was a whole bunch of mic work with the RED members in Tri Vanguard where Shimizu put all the blame on the loss on on Ada and asked for an explanation. Ada refused to take any blame. They were the ones in the match and they're the ones that lost. Not like Ben K was capable of doing anything. He couldn't even talk. Ada made a mistake, but Ben was the one who got pinned. Aren't they Twin Gate champions? They keep this up and they won't be champions much longer. And at that moment, Kai interrupted and said, hey, we're, we've had good teamwork between UT and I, so they should be able to challenge them for the Twin Gate, and that is a match set up now for Champion Gate. So coming out of the show, we have three of the four title matches set up. We have Shun Skywalker, who came out after the main event, challenging Pac. We have the Maximum Trio of Doi Yoshi and Kaido Ishida going against the RED team of Takashi Yoshida, Yasushi Kondo and Kazi Sakamoto. And then we have Big Ben going up against UT and Kai. So at least one more title match. And, you know, DK, I could see it being Yuki Oshioka getting a title match just because all the other young guys are kind of tied up. Maybe it's Kness. I mean, Kness is making a big to do about it. I don't expect it, but that could be something that happens. But so we have, I, and, and to be honest, those three title matches are matches I'm very excited about. So I'm looking forward to see what's going to go on with those. The semi-main event of the final show at Hakata Starlings was the Thank You Hakata Starlings special eight-man tag match. And this was Masato Yoshino, Yamato, Dragon Kid, and Ginki Horiguchi on one side, and then Masaki Mochizuki, Naruki Doi, Susumi Yokosuka and Ryo Saito on the other side. Ginki Horiguchi got the pen with the backslide from heaven in 20 minutes and 30 seconds over Masaki Mochizuki. And this was just a blast of a match. I went four stars flat on it. And what this really was was like a mini doi darts match. And for like a nice, like fun farewell to Hakata Star Lanes, this was about as fun and as random of a match as you could have. There were a lot of like moment comedy moments and comedy spots, like doing the uh, like people trying to do doyoshi spots. There was a moment where Sairio was trying to do the doyoshi spot with Nuruki Doi, and he completely whiffed on the basement kick, and that was hilarious. And it was just like kind of a real light, hearted match. Like there's the ongoing humor with 
Susumu like randomly hitting his top rope exploder was tremendous. There was a moment early on that I was a little scared because there it, there was the first Doi Yoshi face off and in the opening moments so, looked like that Naruki Doi went down hard and was covering up his face and I couldn't tell if it maybe like busted his nose or his mouth, but he kind of came back together and was involved in the match. It was really kind of surprising that Ginky Horikuchi, as soon as the match was in its final moments, I noticed that Ginky Horikuchi was in. I was like, oh, are they going to backslide for the finish? And then I was like, no, 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 they're not going to backslide for the finish. And then he hit it on Masaki Mochizuki, and I was like, oh, God, this is really a Doi Darts match. And that's what it was. You know, this is a match that, on a show like this, that had a very serious main event, it was cool to have a match like that. And... Again, I mean, this is a rare non-corking show where I have two four-star matches on it. And really, I would start watching this show with the... It, it matters how much you like comedy. If you like comedy, then I would start with the Don Fuji versus Stocky Chikawa match and skip over the three-way. But if not, I kind of would start at the UT and Kai versus Big Ben match just because... I really like watching the younger wrestlers, so the R.E.D. versus Mochi Dojo match might not be your cup of tea, especially with how it just was a... I mean, it had a lot of Cosmo Sakamoto and Takashi Yoshida in there. If you don't... They're kind of divisive people. If you don't like them, then you probably shouldn't watch that match, but the top three matches on the show were great, and to be quite honest, top and down, this might be my favorite show of the year so far, and I feel like I say that a lot on Dragon Gate shows in 2019, and you know, it's a far cry from last year in 2017 where there were a lot of just nothing corkins and I, times where it's just like, oh, I should probably watch this Infinity that has a show from Hakas Starlanes. But, you know, I don't think this is the best show they've had at Hakas Starlanes just because this is a show that in a venue that they've been running matches at for almost 20 years. So that's a whole lot of history and it's going to be interesting from from now on because there's no real big or mid-sized venue in Hakata or Fukuoka that would be able to go from about a thousand to about 1900 so this is kind of similar when they had a venue like this closed in Hokkaido and the next venue up was about 450 to 500 and then they had to do double and triple shots so I'm expecting that to happen with the Cross Fukuoka where they're going to have their first show there on the 27th. And it's a bummer that Hakas Starlanes is shutting down. I mean, it's an old building. And, you, you know, it's it's one of those places that it was like a multi-use entertainment center. Like, it was famously called Starlanes because it was a bowling alley that one of the floors turned into a just an event center that wrestling promotions could rent out. But... It, it's a place that has a lot of charm, and especially for promotions that were smaller than New Japan, this was kind of their big stop in, in Kyushu. So it's it's a bummer that's gone. But I have to say, for Dragon Gate ending their near 20-year run at Hakas Starlands, there's no better way to close that door than to have a one of the best Dreamgate matches in the last few years. And one that I actually liked more than Mochizuki versus KZ. So, you know, that's it for that show. And just kind of a little modeling about the end of Hakas Starlands. It was an important venue. I mean, 
the uh, second-to-last title change happened at Hakata Star Lanes, you know, when uh, Masaki Mochizuki dropped the title to uh, Masato Yoshino in the lead-up to Kobe World 2018. And it was, it was a important venue. You know, outside of Kobe Sambo Hall and Edeon 2, this probably was their biggest uh, non-corking venue. I mean, the big loop always was Tokyo Corken Hall, Kobe Sambo Hall, Osaka Edeon 2, and then Hakala Starlings as their big monthly shows or two months out of every three. And now it's gone. And that's it for Dragon Gate. And I think there's... I know other promotions have more shows because I don't think they're closing up until either the beginning of March or the end of March. But that's at least it for Dragon System history there. And yeah. It's a bummer. Before closing out the show, I wanted to look ahead to the end of February and Champion Gate in March. There's only two more televised shows on Dragon Gate Network this month. The first one is on Saturday the 23rd at Kodo KBS Hall. And then the second one is on Wednesday the 27th at Kobe Sambo Hall. Neither of those shows have cards out at this time. But I expect coming out of the, one of those two shows, we'll find out what the Brave Gate match is. The first, the first two shows of March are the two Champion Gate shows from Osaka Edeon Arena 2. They are on Saturday the 2nd and March the 3rd. All we have on those shows so far are the three title matches that have been made over the last week. So far, the Triangle Gate is going to be defended on March 2nd, the first night, and I'm going to assume that also means that the Brave Gate will be defended that night as well. The Triangle Gate match is the match between the champion team of RED members of Yazushi Kanda, Takashi Yoshida, and Kazuma Sakamoto versus the maximum challenging team of Doi Yoshi, Masato Yoshino, and Naruki Doi, along with Kaido Ishida. The second night of Champion Gate is the next night, March 3rd. The uh, semi-main event, assumingly, is the Open the Twin Gate match, where the defending team of Big Ben, Big R Shimizu, and Ben K will defend against the Tri-Vanguard team of UT and Kai that got the win against them in Hakata. In Hakata. The main event of that show is the Open the Dreamgate Championship match as Pac's going to make his second defense against Shun Skywalker. And again, this was also made after the main event in Hakata as well. But that will do it for this episode of Open the Voice Gate. Thank you all for listening. If you get a chance, please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. If there's one that's out there, odds are we're on it. Also, if you get a chance, please follow us on Twitter. We are at OpenVoiceGate, and my personal Twitter account as well is at Fujiheya. That's Fujiheya with two eyes like Don Fuji. But that will do it for this episode of Open the Voice Gate, and we will be back probably after those two Champion Gate shows and as Dragon Gate's getting into their busy period of the year. But until next time, thanks for listening. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.